Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. This is Kelly Dean. Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. And I have an exciting interview today with um, a client and a professional that works with me, Hannah Paisno. And she um, she is, well, I'm going to let her tell you about herself. So hi, Hannah. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Um, I would love for you to tell our, our um, listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, about what you do, um, where you're at, and how you learned about the tummy team. Sounds good. Um, So I am a student midwife in the Willamette Valley, and I've been working with a home birth midwife here for seven years. Um, Started school three years ago, and so I'm about eight months away from graduation and becoming a certified uh, professional midwife. I um, first started, uh, well, so when I first heard about the Tummy Team, I was actually um, renewing my certification for my doula stuff. So I was a certified um, donor doula before I started midwifery school. Um, so I was trying to find um, continuing education hours that would actually be applicable to my clients. <laughs> There's a lot of options out there for continuing education hours, but not a lot that's actually helpful. Um, And so I found a pamphlet about the um, diastasis recti symposium and did that and was floored um, because at that point I'd already been working with my midwife um, for three years. And so I had seen some some DRs and some um, pelvic floor weaknesses. And so I was really excited for that. So that was my first exposure to the tummy team. And then um, two years ago, I did the professional training through the tummy team and got certified through you guys for that. Yeah. We were just talking before we started recording about the DR Symposium. That was a conference we did here in Portland um, about four years ago, and it was a great day. Um, It was really great. We had such a good time. Um, And so basically in that uh, forum, I was, you know, I presented um, Jillian, um, my other PT, that Mm -hmm. uh, presented the pelvic floor stuff. Um, She was pregnant at the time. Um, And Beth Learn was there. She talked about some fitness stuff. And then we had um, Michelle Gerby, who is a chiropractor that works with us, um, that talked about the chiropractic implications. And I feel like it was just a really uh, enlightening way for a lot of professionals to kind of go, oh, we are mm-hmm. looking at diastasis um, the wrong way. You know, we're just missing the boat somewhat on what we're doing. And um, so there was a lot of discussion too, which is what I loved about it. A lot of collaboration, which is how I like to do my professional training. I like to um, feel like we're part of a team not like it's just new stuff, but we're learning from each other because we did, we had birth professionals there. We had physical therapists, we had 
chiropractors. We had a couple physicians. Um, we had some fitness professionals there. So it was a wide range of people that are coming from a lot of different um, specialties, right? Yeah, yeah. There was so much interprofessional collaboration. I felt like it enriched the whole experience because there were so many different levels of experience and exposure there. So everyone had seen something different. Right. But, and it was a, it was really a positive experience as well. It was a lot of um, excitement about like, Oh my goodness, this is so clarifying. Right. <laughs> Lots um, of light bulb moments, I think. Right. And, and prior to doing the DR symposium, what did you know about diastasis recti? Absolutely nothing. Um, I knew a little bit about pelvic floor weakness um, and, you know, just talking to moms about having cystoceles and, oh, I don't have any bladder control anymore. Um, especially, I think, with women now in their 50s and 60s, <laughs> you know, hearing their stories of, oh, yeah, after children, I never had good bladder control again. Um, but I never had a full understanding of how those muscles worked and were interconnected and the interplay between the core muscles and the pelvic floor muscles. Right. And, and because, you know, that's, and this is a misunderstanding I think a lot of people have, that's not what you're trained in as in midwifery school, right? No. And you get some basic anatomy of the female body, obviously, but you are not, your specialty is not how the muscles work. Your specialty no. is how the baby develops and how the baby's going to safely get out and the mom and the baby are going to connect. Um, and so I, I have a lot of uh, clients that were like, well, my midwife didn't even know to do this. My midwife didn't even check this or didn't even see this and couldn't even tell what was going on my pelvic floor. And to be fair, the average midwife doesn't have that training unless they go to continuing ed courses with a focus on that. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what's exciting about um, our, our professional training is that I feel like it, it, uh, it fills a gap in your knowledge base, but in a way that's not taking you so far out of your scope of practice. It's very, yes. it's right in your niche of what you're doing. It's just helping you um, with a little bit of missing inf information from your training to kind of help your clients a little bit more holistically. And because we get the training in school, um, if a midwife goes to school, they get the training of anatomy. It's mm -hmm. a lot easier for them to then apply it because we have that basic concept of those muscles and the interplay between them. So then getting the, oh, this is how the muscles function, it's easier to put them together. So when we um, in when we started teaching you in DR symposium and in the prenatal um, birth professional apprentice program, we, one of the big things that we do in our prenatal training that I think is a missing link also um, is, well, we do a lot of stuff on uh, alignment for the mother, you know, mm -hmm. sitting and standing alignment, obviously connection to the transverse, but and neutral pelvis alignment, which helps with optimal fetal placement. But the big thing is in the pushing, you know, the coordination of the core and the pelvic floor for pushing, yeah. um, learning that prior to delivery, um, 
and, and, and having some awareness of that connection and coordination. Was that something when you, when we started talking about that, what, what, what went on in your head? What was that like for you? Did that make sense? Was that, that was a, Oh, <laughs> that makes so much more sense because most most clients, when they start pushing, everything gets tighter and they're tightening everything up. And so the realization of having to be able to engage the transverse muscles, but relax your pelvic floor at the same time was huge light bulb moment. And um, it helped me make the connection when we have birth, that there is a prolonged pushing stage, why that is, and being able to recognize, oh, they're not able to relax the pelvic floor while they're tightening everything else up. And so being able to talk with them beforehand, ideally, before they even go into labor. Um, But if we don't have the opportunity to talk prenatally, even during the pushing stage, being able to talk to them about doing both at the same time. And a lot of times they'll be able to recognize right away, oh yeah, I can't relax my pelvic floor while I'm in this position. And so being able to move them to a different position when they're pushing makes a huge difference. Yeah. We always say that um, uh, the pushing stage of labor is not the best time to learn new information. No. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so if we could get some of that information and, and muscle memory prior to, um, that could be really key. So what, because you, what have you been able to incorporate um, with your midwifery clients, do you check people for a diastasis during pregnancy? Um, what do you, or do you only what what is what do you do at this stage? So if so, because I'm a student, I'm not always seeing clients early in pregnancy. Okay. If I do see them before 20 weeks, then I always offer to check them for a DR, um, especially if it's number three on up. Mm -hmm. If it's the first or second, I'm not usually as quick to um, ask unless I'm seeing obvious signs of a DR. So Mm -hmm. I can think of one specific client um, who was super obvious at 20 weeks that she had some serious tenting going on. And so I was able to say, hey, have you ever heard of a diastasis recti? And um, do you mind if I check you? And so even at that point, being able to check and give her some understanding of what was happening with her muscles, (laughs) she signed up for the tummy team within the next few weeks and was able to do the prenatal course Mm -hmm. during her pregnancy. So typically, I don't prenatally unless we see them earlier, Mm -hmm. um, just because it's more difficult when they're further along for me to tell. <laughs> it, is, it is. Even for me, you can tell that me feel better. A of, there's a lot of baby there. There's um, a lot of baby. <laughs> there's a lot of baby there, but you know what? Um, you can still check somewhat, but I always tell everybody that it's the diastasis is just one of the signs, right? Like mm-hmm. of the functional core weakness. You can tell by how, 
the baby's presenting, how the mom's posture is, what their mm-hmm. physical complaints are, back pain or pelvic instability or pubic symphysis pain. Um, so other than checking for diastasis, um, and, and it's interesting because like you said, you see them kind of later on. Um, do you, Are you able to give instruction on alignment, like prenatal alignment for mama? Yes. So that's usually why the conversation comes up more than um, more than a DR is usually pelvic complaint or, um, you know, the regular low back pain or shoulder pain. So that's usually when I start talking to them about core health and pelvic floor health um, and then bring up all these signs and symptoms that they could possibly be experiencing and how to protect those muscles in pregnancy. Because a lot of times it's not something that you think about when you're not pregnant. <laughs> you just you just keep on keeping on. And then in pregnancy, you can't anymore. <laughs> and right. it all gets aggravated. So usually it's those complaints that bring up the conversation more than, um, hey, let me check you for a DR. Yeah. And so, so then when they say, hey, I've been having this, symphysis pubis pain, then I'm able to say, okay, let's look at where you're sitting, how you're sitting, how you're walking. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times they have a one-year-old, a two-year-old. What are you doing to pick them up? Where are you changing them? Um, How are you putting them in bed? So just talking about all those daily movements and how they're engaging those muscles. And do you feel like your clients are are receptive to that information? Yes. A lot of times they get really excited. It's kind of that, that oh, that's what's going on. But because they have multiple children, there's not a whole lot of follow-up. <laughs> so they get really excited to learn it and know about it. I have a really hard time um, helping them understand the importance of following up on it until postpartum. Mm. So even though we discuss it prenatally, mm-hmm. it's usually not until a month or two after the baby's born that they're willing to then actually do something about it. Yeah. You know, and I see that too. It's it's interesting. Um, every postpartum client, every core foundations client says, oh, I wish I knew this or did this in prenatally. And every mm-hmm. client says, oh, I wish I knew this stuff before I had was even pregnant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, sometimes pain is our biggest motivator. Sometimes, you know, we, we can't think beyond the, the situation we're in. So I think we're always planting seeds and trusting that clients come when they're ready. And mm-hmm. we can't live in regret, you know, we do the best we can in the situation we are in. Um, I feel like you uh, you have a unique um, opportunity to um, to encourage them, but also in in some of the things you do with them during birth um, to prevent uh, things going really haywire, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I work a lot with um, clients with birth trauma, um, mm-hmm. and I, I would say that unfortunately. Um, about 50% of birth trauma is, I feel like is kind of directed by whatever professionals they were with. Yeah. Uh, 
because of what they were asked to do. Now, I always, I always recognize I wasn't in the room and I don't know the medical rationale behind why the physician or the nurse or the midwife felt like this was what needed to be done. So I try to give um, the medical professionals always the benefit of the doubt. Um, but it is hard. Uh, it, it, you know, it's kind of hard. Yeah, to hear some of those stories um, and think, ah, I feel like there had to be a better way that that could have gone down. Um, so I feel like you, with the knowledge you have and the understanding you have of the body, and I think the freedom of having a home birth environment okay. where there's not as much pressure on timelines and stuff like that, um, you you actually have an opportunity to probably prevent a lot of birth trauma. Um I sure hope so. <laughs> that's one of that's one of my biggest prayers as a midwife is um especially in the home birth setting is that we are helping them create a new experience because a lot of times we do have second third time moms and so um helping them have a completely different birth experience from their first or second is huge. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like um, have been the most beneficial tools for you to be using with your clients? Um, so specifically um, prenatally or um, during birth? in birth? Yeah. I think probably the biggest things in birth and talking about. So we talk about it prenatally. Hey, yeah. this is what we're going to do. Um, so our biggest thing is helping them labor the baby down and not having prolonged uh, pushing stage. Nobody wants that. <laughs> um, so we talk about that prenatally and the things that we're going to help them do to achieve that. So a lot of it is position changes in labor and keeping them moving in labor. Um, so practically speaking, when it comes to labor, a lot of times someone will find a really comfy position that they love and they want to stay there. And so we're the ones saying, okay, you've been there for half an hour. Let's, let's switch it up and do something different. And it doesn't have to be walking around. It doesn't have to be something that takes a lot of energy, but just helping them keep changing positions, um, to keep the hips loose, to keep everything mobile, to help the baby move down. Um, and then when they start feeling the urge to push, um, making sure that the baby is low before we say, go for it, start pushing. Mm -hmm. um, Cause a lot of times you can get the urge to push when the baby is really high. Um, so just helping them labor the baby down mm -hmm. and not encouraging pushing as soon as there's an urge. Um, yeah, it's, and then, it's, it's almost like when we do, I, I love that because that was my most beautiful birth when I was able to labor down. I mean, Honestly, of course, it was my third birth, my second vaginal birth. My first one was a C-section, but she just like slid out, man. Um, <laughs> you know, and I just feel like um, because I'm an athlete and I have an athlete mentality that when they told me to push, I was just like, OK, I can do it. Right. I, I just feel like I was spinning my wheels, mm -hmm. you know, like I was wasting all of this energy. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I actually needed the energy and I was so uncoordinated, yeah. you know, I was so un I, I think about I'm a swimmer and I think about somebody like that's trying to swim really hard, really fast and going nowhere. 
like yep. no efficiency, splashing all over and not even close to where they're trying to get. And I feel like that's kind of where I was at that early stage um, with my with my first daughter, my first vaginal birth. Um, and um, with the best intentions, you know, I yeah. was like, okay, I didn't get to pr- push my, my son out. So I am going to do this. And, <laughs> and I, I tell, I talk to so many clients where I'm like, okay, yes, birth is probably the most intense, tense athletic event you're ever going to do, but it's actually not even an athletic event. It's about letting go. Yes. <laughs> more than it's about relaxing. relaxing. Relax. Yes. More than you know, powering through it. And that is so counterintuitive to so many of my athletic minded, fitness minded uh, mamas, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and even, even if you're not an athlete, our culture is very much, you know, power through, ignore your pain, go, go, go. And, um, this is just a different, a different experience. And, and and our our goal always is to say we are trying to support the structures that are going to help your body do what it, the uterus is going to do a lot of that work. Yes. The, uterus, the uterus is the strongest muscle in your body. The uterus is going to do the work, and lo and behold, the uterus is an involuntary muscle that you don't have any control over. Right. <laughs> so what you need to do is is learn how to get your your body in the best alignment for the uterus to work well get the transverse to hug and support the uterus so it works well and learn how to open the door that the baby's coming out. Amen. (laughs) You know, and, and I think that we think there's something that our pelvic floor needs to do. um, But really what our pelvic floor needs to do is open Mm -hmm. and opening is not what we ever think about with our pelvic floor. No, right. (laughs) We want to keep it closed. We don't want to leak. Right. Right. And, and, um, we say this all the time, tight muscles are not the same as strong muscles and even very strong muscles can completely relax. Mm -hmm. You know, I have very strong shoulder muscles and I can completely relax them. So, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept and it comes from education, um, like, and just a calm, you know, presentation of what your body is designed to do. So I think you having that, you know, just those words and that encouragement, um, for them to trust what their body is supposed to do and not putting so much pressure on the mom to, um, you know, have this battle with their body, you know? Mhm. Otherwise it's a tug of war of relax, push, relax, push. So I love it when clients have done any sort of um tummy breathing or the belly breathing and or the prenatal training cuz then we can give them that that verbal cue of remember to engage your transverse muscles and it's it's an instant difference in the effectiveness of the pushing. Yeah, you can see you can see a difference in the clients that have done the course versus the clients that haven't, right? Yes, agreed. <laughs> Very yeah. much so. Yeah, and and that's fun for me to hear from the professional side because obviously we get clients that say, "Oh my gosh, this was a night and day difference." But when I talk to midwives and OBs that have been with the same the same client with a previous birth 
and then this birth and the difference. Um, and so it's not just like I'm comparing apples and oranges to different clients. It's the same client, a different birth and having such a different experience. Um, I've gotten letters from uh, a handful of midwives that are just like, I, I can't even tell you the difference it was in this person's birth. And that's, that's very fun for me to see. Um, and, you know, birth, we all know birth is a little complicated. And um, sometimes there are things that are completely out of our control. This, um, we're, we're not painting the picture that we're going to solve every problem. No. But, but I think that you're always, um, you're always going to be more uh, confident if you are really um, educated and validated about what's going on in your body and you have some pre for, you know, preparedness. Um, the other thing, what do you see in those clients um, postpartum in the recovery? Such, such a quicker recovery. So, so yes, it makes a difference in the birth. I think the biggest difference that I see is in the recovery, um, in regaining <clears throat> some sort of control over their pelvic floor and the healing of the abdominal muscles. So I think the people who are actually engaging those muscles and working on those muscles prenatally are able to regain fuller function postpartum a lot quicker as in within a few months versus six months later where they're still saying, Hey, I'm still having incontinence issues. Um, and so it's just such a, such a quicker recovery. Yeah. Yeah. How many of your clients splint postpartum? Very few. Um, probably 20%. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a difference between your clients that splint versus your clients that don't splint? Um, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. It's because the, cause so much of it is a matter of perspective. And right. so, so that one I think is like, they say they notice a difference, but mm -hmm. I don't, but since I'm not doing a whole lot of hands on in the postpartum. Right. You guys don't see people for a long time postpartum, right? How many sessions do you see postpartum? So we usually see them four or five times. So we just see them through six weeks. And so, so we're not really seeing them after the six weeks. So it's hard for me to say right. Right. Um, from, from personal experience with uh, friends and family who use the splint. Um, I think there is, but for clients, it's hard to say since we don't see them yeah. past six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. I understand that. Um, I, uh, I think that when you, when you did our, the DR symposium, and then you decided to do the birth professional training, um, and now you're, you're eight months out of being, you know, you're through your, your schooling, how are you, um, and, and at the end of that, are you going to be seeing clients? Uh, will you still work with a team? Are you going to be seeing clients one-on-one? -on -one? What's your plan? So I'm actually going to be joining the practice of the preceptor that I work with. So I've been working with the home birth midwife for 
seven years now. And so um, there's another student who graduated in April. So she's about a year ahead of me. And so the three of us are actually going to be uh, practicing together um, as a team. So I'm really excited about that because we'll still have the mentorship of the older midwife, um, but be able to share the load a little bit more. Um, but as a team, we will be seeing clients um, independently. So we will act each be acting as independent midwives. Um, so we will each have our own primary clients. Um, so I'm excited about that because I'll have more freedom to work with them um, and be able to offer <laughs> to right. do one-on-one -on -one sessions for, hey, this is something I've been trained in. Can I help you along the way? And offering them um, the discount of yeah. the tummy team. Um, so being able to say, hey, if you do this uh, program through the tummy team, you get this discount um, right. because I'm a, uh, what's the word? Endorsed. Yes, because I'm a endorsed yeah. provider. <laughs> right. um, and, then, and then when we have our prenatal appointments, then I can help you with that. Yeah. That in-person, one-on-one, making sure that you're actually practicing thing, these things correctly. So I'm excited about that shift. Yeah, I think, I mean, you, you're you under you're under the uh, mentorship of another uh, midwife right now. So you, you have some influence, but not as much as you will have. And I think that will be fun for you to kind of uh, cultivate your own environment. Um, the way that our endorsed practitioner... Um, program, especially, well, for all of it, but for our birth professionals, because we know that some of the stuff we cover in the tummy team is a little bit outside of your scope of practice, a little bit, but also just because you have other things to do with the client than to do <laughs> rehab with them or, or prehab or prenatal core training or the connection of the core and the pelvic floor. I mean, you have other things you have to do as a, a midwife. So what, what, often happens is the midwives will have the clients do our online program and then you check in with them and you get to be the hands-on with like, let's see how your alignment is going. Let's see how your belly breath is going. Let's see how your transverse is going. And you can even do, which is super fun, is you can say, okay, let's work on that coordination way before birth. Can you draw your tummy in and I'm going to check and see if you're relaxing your pelvic floor. And that feedback um, is so vital, and, you know, and we give our clients ways for them to check that themselves. We, we do a lot of what we call, we call potty posture, um, and bathroom training, which is a similar coordination situation, um, to birth. And so we, we give them a lot of those things to give them some feedback and know where they're going, but birth is a little scary and it's nice to have your midwife be able to say, oh, no, you're doing this right. Or, oh, this you're you're halfway there, you know, and giving that feedback. So that will be really exciting to see. Um, do you want to share a little bit about yourself right now? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which part? The, the exciting part exciting. That for you. So I'm uh, currently seven months pregnant. Yeah, so I just hit 30 weeks, and I, so I'm expecting sometime in May. 
Um, and so this has been fresh on my mind because, you know, I did the training. I'm aware of it. I talk with clients and then it's, and it's totally different when you have to experience it. <laughs> right. This is your first baby. So, yep. so you came in, you're that client that knew a lot of stuff before you even got pregnant, which is yeah. so great, but it is yeah. different when it's your own body, right? Yes. So, you know, I did a refresher course with you recently and just talking to you one-on-one, I was reminded of how many things I quote unquote, no, but I'm not practicing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so just that reminder of how important it is to get that one-on-one feedback. Um, So even if they're doing the the prenatal training, Mm -hmm. um, how important it is to have someone checking in with you and reminding you what's important. So, you know, I'm 30 weeks and have I been practicing um, engaging my transverse muscles? No, because I'm in school and I'm busy and I have other things to do. <laughs> right. So, so it was a really good reminder to me of how important it is to be practicing it um, continually and making sure I am familiar with it so it doesn't, in the middle of labor, be like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be engaging my transverse muscles. Right, right. And, and, you know, a little bit goes a long way. That's what mm-hmm. I tell people a lot. You know, it's not like this is like this program that's going to require hours and hours of your attention. Um, there are, there is some education and it does make you think, but really we implement everything we do into your daily routine and, mm-hmm. and um, a little bit goes a long way. Um, a little bit goes a long way and you're going to do great. I'm super excited. We're going to have another, we're going to have another podcast with Hannah after her delivery. So she can talk a little bit more about that. Um, after you, when you feel ready, after you, that'll, feel that'll ready. be my motivation to get my rearing gear and, uh, start <laughs> implementing some things. <laughs> it's not a test. It's not a test. Everybody has a different experience. Um, be, one last thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, with your schooling as a midwife and with your um, kind of mentorship um, and, and then also with the training with the tummy team, what do you feel like that we teach in the tummy team that would be an easy thing to implement into, you know, the midwifery training, like into just basic training? This, I personally feel like the information we're sharing shouldn't be continuing education it shouldn't be additional education it should be the base education Agreed. do you see an organic way that that could be introduced and where that would be introduced in the curriculum of midwifery training yes yeah um i think it would be a incredibly simple um just a course all its own actually mm-hmm. because there are especially with um so i'm doing the bachelor's program and so you know, they have to have a certain amount of credit hours to make it a bachelor's. And so it'd be very simple for them to have it be one of the courses required. I think like stepwise, the simplest implementation is every single midwife is taught Kegels and how to tell their clients about Kegels. Very rarely is anyone talking about engaging the transverse muscles while relaxing and tightening the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. So that's just like one simple example of doing both at the same time. That would make such a huge difference when it came to labor and birth. 
Because kegels are actually causing a problem. Um, yeah. Right? Because now we have this new, this, well, relatively new hypertonic pelvic floor problem where mm-hmm. everybody's pelvic floor is too tight. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's because the pelvic floor muscles are not a fist that's meant mm-hmm. to be clenched all day long. You know, they're a trampoline, <laughs> you know? Um, and And so... Um, so yeah, I can see how, you know, and even, even in that, the, the whole concept of Kegels is like, okay, that's a, that's a rehab, but Mm -hmm. it's after the fact. So Mm -hmm. it's like, how can we do preventative stuff to make that, that rehab, um, you know, not, not, not necessary, but, uh, you know, let, let's avoid, let's avoid some of the trauma to the pelvic floor if we can, you know, (laughs) it would be, it would be a beautiful thing if people learned how to relax the pelvic floor while pushing. (laughs) So you could prevent that. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, we're going to have to get our brains together and see what we can do. Um, I have spoken at, at conferences and different things like that. Um, but I, I, my heart is to really have this content um, in the school, in the schooling, because this shouldn't be something that you have to go to an extra training for. This is a base training that um, I feel like is pretty common. And I feel the same thing about fitness instructors and, and physical therapists and chiropractors. And, um, I feel like this is base education that we need to start implementing into the um, education system, but you know, that's, uh, that's a challenge. And there's not a lot of people. That, yeah. Well, and there's not a lot of people that teach what I do. So no. I can't be uh, at every PT school. So at, at every midwifery school, right. Teaching that course. But um, there's got to be a way and we're going to find a way. And I think it starts with, you know, just individual midwives and individual clients taking ownership of their body and of the people that they are supporting and and helping. And that's what you're doing. And I appreciate that. Do you want to share? We don't often share the first and last names of our clients, but we do when they're professionals because we would like for for clients that maybe live near you to know that you are a potential midwife for them. So do you want to share a little bit about where you work and and how to contact um, your midwifery group? Yeah, so my name again is Hannah Paisno, um, and I work with the practice called Birth with Love Midwifery Services, and we're located in Salem, Oregon, um, but we serve the surrounding area, so we usually, an hour limit from <laughs> Salem is kind of our our radius, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I work with um, Betty Griffith is the main midwife, and um, she's been a practicing midwife for almost 50 years now, oh, so wow. I work with much experience. Yes, well, I think that's great, and we're going to put that information, we'll put all your information um, in the podcast notes so people can can um, get a hold of you if they need to, and um, or, or maybe work with you, which would be great. And um, thank you so much for joining us today, Hannah. It's been really fun talking to you and just getting the perspective um, from the midwife and um, and the births that you've you know you have a lot of experience and you've seen a lot of things. And I think it's really fun that so early in your career you are starting out with this information. I think you're way ahead of the game. I hope so. (laughs) Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, thanks so much, Hannah. We'll talk to you soon. 
Okay. All right. Thanks everybody so much for joining us today. I hope that this was helpful for you. Take a look at our podcast notes to get more information about Hannah and about the tummy team. Check out our prenatal core training course. We have our prenatal core training, our prenatal crash course, and our core preparations um, for C-section course, which are all really helpful in preparing for birth. But then also Take a look at our core foundations course. If you had a baby in the past and you don't feel like you're bouncing back, um, our core foundations course is probably where you want to start. So all of that information is at thetummyteam.com and we're excited to help you. All right. I hope you are well wherever you are and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body, and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow the Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.